In the shadow of the most powerful city in the world, the Capital Golf Gang is on the air with instructor John Ronis from the Ronis Academy at River Creek, executive director of the Middle Atlantic PGA, John Gould, and former University of Maryland golfer, Ron Thomas. And now your host from Afternoon Drive on the Team 980 Radio in Washington, D.C., Steve Zabin. It's our last run of 2021. We've got a lot to talk about today. John Gould is out today, but Buddy Christensen, owner of Golfdom, where we are taping today, is on the set. Boys, good to see you. I'm back from the Ryder Cup, back from Wisconsin. we got a lot to chew over, including the Ryder Cup. Bryson DeChambeau's pretty amazing run through the Long Drive Championship. An exhibition that's coming up, plus a final quick nine and a special guest that Mr. Ronis knows well, who is doing things at Wake Forest University that are quite amazing in college golf. So we got a lot to talk about, so let's get right into it. First, the Ryder Cup. Team USA smashes, obliterates poor Patty Harrington and the Euros, 19-9, your final, and maybe it wasn't even that close. Question, gentlemen, who was the star of the Ryder Cup? Ronis, we'll Whistle, start with Whistling you. Straits was, first of all, I think the major star of it. I think uh, as far as entertainment-wise, the, the golf course showed very well, and it was, um, it was set up perfectly for the United States. And that's what we do in Ryder Cups when we have them at home. Yeah. And that was very important. As far as the players go, you know, in a quiet way out on the golf course, he got a little bit more less little bit less quiet in the interviews, but Dustin Johnson was a star. 5-0. There's, there's no question about it. One of I mean, only a handful of guys to go 5-0 and since the format included 5 and, and, you know, it's the amazing thing about it is in the interviews, they were calling him grandpa and stuff like that. It's amazing that Dustin Johnson now is the senior leader of that crew. So it was, I thought it was very cool to see that and the embracing of him as a, I think, probably a, a fairly low-key nonverbal leader. So I think he was a star. Uh, I, go ahead, buddy. I, I would agree on the golf course 100%. I thought that golf course was perfect for this this format. And there's been a couple, what, three PGAs they played there? Yeah. I don't think it showed nearly as well as it did for this format, the excitement that some of those holes could bring on. Um, and then, yeah, DJ Morikawa, who I did not expect to play that well, um, paired with DJ, they, they played great together. So... But, I mean, U.S. coming together was – I mean, Steve Stricker's got to be thrown into that conversation too, yeah. right, as far as pulling them together and what looked like no chance of doing that. Ronnie. Yeah. Well, for me, the overall star was Steve Stricker because uh, not only did they win, but his formula was eff- effective in, uh, in a way that – I mean, we destroyed them. And uh, so as far as an overall star, I go with Stricker. Player-wise, I think that the most crucial match of the entire – event every year is the first match of singles and what Scheffler did to Ooh. John Rahm was mm-hmm. fabulous yeah did he do it to Rahm or did Rahm run out of gas I mean how do you run out of gas you play in uh you know you play in four majors a year and right. you play four rounds you he had carried it. the team for for the first two days pretty yeah. much I when, think he had 75 percent of their point he, total he, he ran out of gas more so than maybe you would have expected when Scheffler birdied the first four holes. Yeah, the first he came out all fire. He, he birdied it, six of the first seven. Yeah, it's remarkable. Yeah. So that's, that's a blitz an all-star right, and it's right a, there. You know, it's, I think it's a bit of a letdown also because, let's face it, those guys knew walking into Sunday that they had no chance. Right. 
Well, I don't know that. I don't know that. If Rom goes out and gets point gets a point from Scheffler, and then you know, I mean, those right up until the back nine, that Matt, the tournament was not decided. Really, you felt like they had a chance. Sure. Okay. It just takes such an amazing streak of coin flips. All these matches are close, obviously. Uh, So once you get down by a point, two points, you feel like it's almost hopeless because it's so evenly matched. You have to you have to flip a coin and have it land heads. 15 times in a row to make yeah. a comeback of just a couple of points, basically. Right. So yeah. anyway, I thought the stars were the 25 and unders, the super new wave. I mean, already Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth are part of this mid-tier right. of veterans, right? They're not even the 32-year-old Finaus or Harris Englishes or, or Dustin Johnsons. I'm talking the real young pups. Obviously, Cantlay is among that. Uh, same thing for Morikawa, same thing for... Scheffler, who's going to be great, everyone says. Big dude, wamps it, very talented. I joked to my producer, Gitter, I said, you can have a day off the day he wins a tour event. He's like, oh, great, I'm writing it down. <laughs> of course, it might be with somebody else, but still. Yeah. I, I told him, go ahead, and uh, Scheffler's going to be good. The young guys are good. The young guys bought into it, and the young guys were not phased by the stage. And I didn't take that into account. I thought old head experience, which Europe had, was going to weigh a lot more. Nah. These young guys, Ronas, interesting. They it, don't care. Y- yes, I mean they don't care. Yet. They, they're not phased. They care yet. though. Yet, I yes. think going into this situation, the U.S. was heavily favored. The young pups, there were six of them. They were ignorant as is bliss situation. They got through this one because the team was an overpowering force, and yes, they played well. It's the next one. It's the next one where now the expectations are there. Oh, yeah, you're no longer a rookie. Now you have to carry this team in the 25 and unders or, you know, 28 and unders. Right. So I think they're going to actually feel the pressure a little bit more if they make it on their next stint because they're now veterans and they're expected now where they weren't expected going in because they were rookies. So you think there may be growing pressure? Oh, I do believe there is growing pressure, and that's why I think it's a little cyclical. Buddy? But they – I mean, Cantley almost talked to that point where he, he basically said, we are setting a precedent where we're going to yeah. use this going forward. So I think they, they, they're aware of that already. Cantley's a different dude, man. He's a totally different dude. You could He's, argue he was a star of the Ryder Cup. Absolutely. Before you got to hear him yep. and listen Mentally. to him, how he thinks, how he handles himself, a lot of admiration there. Yeah. Um, Ronnie, where is the European youth to come up and fill in the gaps as these old lions – finally sunset uh I, I don't really know of too many european i don't know players if there are they will probably come through on the u.s tour not on the I, european tour through american colleges like yes, Hoblin, I right a, sure i have a comment on that i believe the covid situation stunted the european growth of golf because really? they want well i believe that they want to come to the united states to play and to get better so you think that two, two years were enough to sort of take some steam out of it. Because of the travel situations yeah. and things like that. So I think they're actually going to be stunted for a little while. Yeah, the, what I would like to say in closing for this segment, if we are closing, is to hear all of these guys talk about how much they have to make this next team yeah. because of their experience. I'm talking about the young they, United States They players. did. Yeah. They were like, they, I got to be part of this. This is life-changing yeah. for them. Life-changing. I, I, it's going to change their perception of – Maybe that 
four footer, that eight footer at the it will Buick Classic. They don't have to Buick Classic <laughs> right. anymore, or at Memphis or something where, you know, it matters. Yeah. So it do you matters. think that got to dude? Do you lift, bro? Kepka, do you think that spirit of man, I gotta make these teams, no. or is he above it all? Where he's like, of course I'm gonna make it. Golf is easy. You guys are nerds. It's just an image for him. It's yeah. just it's his front. image. I think, yeah, absolutely. But and, deep down, he appreciated the camaraderie and being part of a team. Of course, I he just so. didn't want to admit. No, I don't know. He didn't want it. I don't know. I think he's such a narcissist that it's just another notch in his belt. Interesting. Well, yeah. But I think DeChambeau on the other side. Let's talk about DeChambeau. Yeah. We've not mentioned him yet. He gained tremendous likability points. And I think he sat there and he really soaked it up and said, wow, this is really neat to be a part of a team where he really hasn't been part of a team. He's been his own little island. And so I think he really soaked it up. He, I, went, he went over in France. Yeah. And this time around, he didn't do any of the alternate shot, didn't complain, no jabs on social media. But I thought the biggest thing was he wore the regular hat. <laughs> well, what did he and wear in the long the drive? Screen. The regular hat. The regular hat. Yeah. I, I think he definitely, but we've seen this with him. He's gone through these I waves. Know. Like we started with Doral. He we're, was like, all right, we can get behind him. And then what does he do? <laughs> I know. Right? So at some point, we're going to have he'll come back the He'll other disappoint way. me at some right. point, to be sure. Right. Like Mickelson has done through his career. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I did enjoy DeChambeau more than any other Part of the Ryder Cup, I I, you know. I, I just, uh, I, I get, driving one, well, Ronnie. Uh, yeah, the driving landing the it one on Ronnie. Is, he didn't run it up one. It's a moment that not only will I remember for the rest of my life as a 51 year old man who's been playing golf all of his life, but watching it with Winston, with my son, yeah, he just was blown away to watch a human being under those kinds of conditions stand up and do what. He's expected to do, maybe, or yeah. what he was attempting to do, and to not only to, he flew it onto the yeah. green, yeah, landed on the aircraft carrier <laughs> and from he three sixty, and then makes, makes it. Yeah, That's right. that was the key to right. the whole thing. He right. makes, he makes it, it, which makes it yeah. matter that he did yeah. that. Come on. How about uh, someone said, uh, you know how us amateurs will go, like, what'd you have on the hole? And you're like, you look backwards and you go, one, two, three, in the woods, four. For DeChambeau, it'd be a one, two. <laughs> Did I miss any shots? Yeah, not, yeah. One, two in the singles of the rider. Was it yeah. singles? First hole. Yeah, yeah. the first yeah. hole, first singles hole. with the world <sighs> watching. Yeah. That's something else yeah. I want to stress here. Yeah. Imagine you feel pressure at your at your member guest when you've got 60 guys in their carts with cocktails in their hand watching you try yeah. and beat Fred, you know? Right. In a shootout. <laughs> the entire world shot. is watching, and you know it. And, and, and most of them I are mean, rooting against you. To come through. I mean, I'm excited right now to, to, to perform yes. yeah. and to hit the shots. Brooks kept his seven on, or a shot on number 17. He almost yes. jarred it. Yeah. Almost jarred it to win the, the whole matches. Right. <laughs> How great would that have yeah. been? Just, Holy cow. Yeah. All right. Uh, Stricker, you have no idea what it means to him to win this thing in his home state. He's beloved up there. He is the epitome of Wisconsin gentlemen. Humble as the day is long. Family man. Grinder. A guy who fell into the 800s, I believe, in the world rankings. And he found his game where? Not in Sarasota, not down in Florida. In a barn. Out of a shed at Cherokee Country Club outside of Madison, Wisconsin, in the dead of winter. Yep. Found it. Hogan said, it's in the dirt. You got to dig it out. He said, you know what? Why go to Florida to work on my game? I got a shed here. 
There's a heater. It's warm enough. Who cares? I'm going to find it. Yep. One comeback player of the year twice yep. in a row. That's a hell of a story. So he wins. What is the book of Stricker when it's all said and done in the grand scheme of golf? No majors, but a long, consistent career and now a Ryder Cup victory. You know, he's, Larry Nelson won a major, but he's in, he's in that category of good guys do win sometimes. Okay. And, um, and Stricker is a good guy. And I think we can just, we can, once in a while, we can just herald someone for being a huge benefit to the game of golf. And I think that's what he's done. And he, he started with a win at the Kemper Open, right? That's that right. was his uh, beginning thing. And yeah, he, he that was a, a, you know, little guy becomes on, on the big stage out of nowhere. And then he does that again later on after coming back from what you're talking yeah. about. So it's, it's awesome. And, and he, I mean, if he goes and tees it up now, he, he makes cuts with these guys. And yeah. he's 52. 50 he can more still yeah. play yeah, without, still, despite not being exceptionally long. That's right. amazing. Although he's, he's sneaky long. I know. Two, two things. He shows up at, I don't discount the Champions Tour in any way, shape, or form. Okay, you have to play. These are tough golf courses. It's, it's tournament golf. He shows up and he wins almost every time he plays in the Champions Tour. While he's been preparing to be captain right. of this and you know he dove head first into this oh, yeah. captain. Yeah. Sure. And secondly, um, the way that he spoke in the press conference, I think he controlled his destiny or he laid it out, the bedrock, the foundation for us to think of him going forward. Steve, how does this compare? How does this rate in your golf life career? I didn't win a major, so this is my major. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, of course, good he for cried. Him. Because that's what he him. does, yeah. and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. All right, now that just to close the Ryder Cup, what tweaks, what improvements do you think could be or perhaps should be made to the event? Just that every single event should be held in the United States. It's really the only improvement <laughs> that I have. You agree? Is that, no? No, I don't right? agree. Okay. It's a terrible he's, idea. I really, it's the worst I really, idea. It's, I really it's a don't selfish. Have it's a, he's being selfish. Yeah, I'm kidding. I know. I'm yeah, kidding. Um, I have none. I would say you got to play more matches Thursday, Friday, or Friday, Saturday. You, you shouldn't have four guys sit. You should have two guys sit. So that's my tweak, number one. More points. More points would allow for more comebacks because it's so few points relative to the number of players. I'd put more points in the mix in the first two days. I agree. Sure. Uh, and I'll just say this. Uh, I do not like the – the um, foursomes. Is that what it's called? Alternate. I, I don't, don't like it at all. Okay. How about one day? I want to see them play. Yeah, right. yeah. I want to see them play. They're there to play golf. I want to see all <clears> of them play. You wouldn't mind enough. four sessions of true better ball. I'd love it. Four balls in play each time. Okay, yep. uh, buddy? I, I don't think I'd change much. I mean, watching Rory in his interview afterwards, as, as they're losing, knowing they're going to lose. Oh, but yeah. The, we didn't the, talk about right. Rory, for yeah. God's sake. <laughs> Screaming, crying. <laughs> but that, I mean, that's the emotional side of this yeah. that's the history side of this that I, I don't like messing with that too much yeah Steve I want to ask you a question yes, why sir? do you think it means so much to the European players well I'll say this I think it means a lot to the American players and they're finally coming around to that but as far as why does it mean a lot to the Europeans I don't know I think it means as much to both of them and the, the, the thing is Ronnie and you know this how short a period of time do you get to play on a team in golf yeah it is such a – that's why we go to college. You know, we're going to ask – we'll ask Mikey about that. It's a team. I just, I just wonder if it has something to do with 
taking down the Americans. Of course, at the beginning, <laughs> you know, the historical They're aspect. Americans. Yeah. <laughs> Graham McDowell's American. Poulter's American. Rory's American. It's the legacy of being part of a Ryder Cup victorious team. Yeah. That's what it is. Rory's probably eating at Chipotle right now. He's not worried about it. <laughs> well, my my uh, my Ping Regional was a caddy for Bruce Litsky for years, and and at the Ryder Cup week, he posted a picture of him caddying for Litsky, playing against Bernhard Langer, <laughs> and I don't know that Langer couldn't have contributed more to that European team this year right now. Than some of those guys right there. Yeah, sure. Which sure. is crazy because that was forty plus years Here. ago. All these guys, the captain, the vice captains. Um, we've had a great time. You know, it's, it looks like it's not going to pan out the way we want on the golf course. Um, you know, I've been extremely disappointed that I haven't contributed more for the team. I'm glad I got a point on the board today for them, but um, it's you know it's been a tough week. And the more and more I play in this event, I realize that. It's the best event in golf, bar none. And I love being a part of it. I can't wait to be a part of many more. Yeah, it's the best. I mean, that's good stuff right yeah. there, isn't it? You know, here's a kid who didn't play in college in the States, you know, basically went pro right away. Yep. So he doesn't team. even have that experience of being on a team. team. And that- he was devastated because he didn't get points early. And because he plays with a bounce in his step, and that sort of je ne sais quoi attitude. I know he's not French, but still, the perception is he doesn't care. Of course he cares. You don't he, get to his level without caring. He's not very good right now. Yeah, correct. Correct. He really isn't. You want to play him for money, Rob? No, but <clears throat> you, you are such a Rory lover. I'm a total stand, man. I know you are, but I am a Rory lover, too. Get off not, of my boy. Nah, I've yeah. been saying it for all year. He's I not playing Rory. well. This is how the conversation... He's of, not really good the conversation right now. Define really yeah, good. He's very good. The conversation <laughs> in my house goes like this. When we like someone, I go to my wife, Laura, we like Rory. We like this person. Like and Rory. I always say, we love Rory. We love Rory. Yeah. Exactly right. Well... They were vanquished, and uh, they got a lot of work to do before Rome. Going to Rome next time. I have no idea if this golf course they've, cho- they've chosen is any good. I trust that it is. I have no idea, other than the Molinari brothers, who plays golf in Italy. Do you? Yeah. Good pizza. Ferraris. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Constanti- Constantino Rocca. Yeah. I'm out of Italian golfers. Right. Yeah, that's for 500. it. Guido Miglosi. There's a fourth. <laughs> Now I'm done. All right, coming up, our final quick nine of the year. You're listening to the Capital Golf Gang, presented by Golfdom. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who have to come up with creative excuses to their wives for those grass stains on their pants. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who once dreamed of becoming caddies on the PGA Tour until they found out you have to take the blame for everything. We are back at Golfdom, our final edition of the Capital Golf Gang for 2021. I think there'll be a Christmas edition, buddy, to make sure everyone is well stocked. I like that. I like that idea. has got his slave full of stuff. But our final regular show of the year, we just talked about the Ryder Cup, and we've got a special guest coming up in the third segment. Two special guests, as a matter of fact. Michael Brennan from Leesburg, Virginia, who is currently at Wake Forest and absolutely tearing it up there. And uh, the tournament director for the Wells Fargo, which is coming to Avenel in the month of May next year. And I have a trivia question for you guys. 
when it comes to that. But we start with a final quick nine and hole number one. What one new thing did you learn about golf this year? Intentionally open-ended, wide open question that is interpretable multiple ways. Who wants to start? I I don't want to start. I'll I'll start. Um, First thing that I I learned last week that the rest of the uh, golfing public will learn next January is some exciting new equipment stuff that's coming out for next year. Um, Can't really go into that yet, but there is some really, really cool stuff. I I think for me, and I don't know if this is new, but the the COVID bump of last year for for the golf industry Mm -hmm. has continued, and it seems to be growing um, and, and that, to me, is, is awesome to see. Okay, Ronnie? Uh, I learned that with each year that uh, I have a birthday, that I age, that the game gets harder. Uh, and it's hard for me to admit that. Uh, my hips have slowed down. Uh, my overall strength has, has deteriorated. And my ability to recover from a long – I had a big range session yesterday, and I woke up pretty sore today. Right. Uh, and it's just something How are you, you dealing have with to that? admit. How it's, are you accepting it's, that? It's hard. It's hard. You're it not really fully is. accepting it yet, I, are you? No, you know, I am accepting it because what I've been doing is spending twice as much time on the chipping green Good. and putting green. My short game's never been better. That's great. That's how I've been able to shoot some scores. But, you know, I still play, as everyone who listens knows, I still play in a lot of events against younger players. Just had the Mid-Atlantic Amateur up at BCC guys hitting it's 60 by me <laughs> that's but, tough but they were Stings. laughing as i yeah. got up and down for the fifth hole in a Put row the or, card up, right? you know there you go so right one Good. guy I, one one guy said do you give short game lessons a young kid who i didn't yeah. know and i said well we'll talk afterwards <laughs> <laughs> he was not, serious not while i'm competing against you <laughs> yeah. young man I will, I will say ronnie that i to just add on that i have accepted it for the first time this year trying to play a little bit uh i never did really end up playing much but try to work on some things early in the season in that simulator that i put in my garage and um what i realize is that i have to start over i don't have any concept of who the old guy was and can't come close to him anymore so i actually have to you start mean the over. young guy you don't the have young guy yeah the, 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 young the former guy, guy. Yeah. so i actually have to start over uh it's daunting do you it's want a daunting. name for your new golfer? Marty, oh, Marty yeah. Fitchburg. Okay. That would be a sweet golfer name right. for a guy in his sweet. 50s. How you doing, Marty Fitchburg? Steve. Counts this, receivable. Steve, this Just is, picked up the game oh, last man, month. This is a very to. serious topic. For no, Jonathan. I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to introduce. I'm trying to help. I you gave him a name. I'm going to introduce. I also learned the thing that I learned this year is that people listen to this show because every week I either get someone showing up for a lesson or – on the member guest the other day, I was guest hosting at Chantilly, and three people. Oh, you're nice. on the Go- Capital Golf Gang. Yeah. Like, nice. Yes, I am. Nice. So when you see uh, John, call him Marty. Marty Fitchburg <laughs> from Fitchburg, Steve, Massachusetts. What did you, Steve, what did you Here's learn? Here's what I learned. Always make time for one beer. For years, I had been the, ah, I've spent four and a half hours with you guys on the course. I got to go. Got to do things. Almost never stuck around for a beer. And I realized this year, life is too damn short to do that and it's actually rude now normally i have a diet coke but the the concept is the same 
I really have embraced that this year to the point where I say, of course I got time. And if it's a case where I literally have to be somewhere, I just probably won't schedule around if I don't have another 15 minutes for a beer. So that's my thing. I How about, the, I, I, quickly, you have been playing so much golf up in Wisconsin with yeah. some really incredible people. Oh, no, here. I met a lot of interesting people. I wish I'd kept. The other thing is next year I'm going to make keep track this is my last question of the yeah. final line but we'll get to that i'm going to okay. keep track of it so okay. all right hole number two what is your answer when somebody asks so do you play a lot of golf no your answer is my answer is no. no i never play i teach no and i, I just run don't a golf play course. i'd rather not know what i do <laughs> so i just say no i don't play much golf. okay buddy i say no i'm in the golf industry and therefore we don't play much golf but i am trying to play more golf ronnie what do you no. say i say yes i i, I play a, <laughs> he doesn't lie. ronnie says you have no idea <laughs> can you play more <laughs> I, I actually I, I practice a lot so it's not only playing but i practice yeah i say eh, depends on who you ask yeah. <laughs> right. right. That's a good answer. Not enough for me, too much for others. Okay. Yeah. Hole number three. Bones Mackay is going back to the bag. He's got Justin Thomas now out of the booth. He'll still do some stuff for television, but is he really that good or is he just famous? In other words, pick your average tour looper. How many clicks better is Bones Mackay? I think a lot. I think you a do. lot of clicks okay. better. Yeah, I think he's well worth whatever their relationship's going to be. I think he has to be on the bag for someone who's really good. Oh, I agree. Because you cannot have a famous caddy and yeah. a no-name player. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. And I, I got to imagine his perspective from coming from the TV where he's seen some different things and different thoughts on, on how things are getting done. It might be kind of cool to have that in your, your repertoire. He, he might be a better caddy this yeah. time after right. sitting up in the booth and watching and thinking Correct. more about what he sees out there. Well, he yeah. doesn't sit up in the booth. No, we he walks. Well, you're right. Around, he walks. He's yeah. very good, by the way. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. And Wood. Uh, John Wood, John I believe. John Wood, yes. I, I was thinking, Ron, those additions have done so much for golf telecasts because they know exactly what's going on at the ground level, starting with what's the lie. That's the most critical thing. You yeah. know that as a player. How's it sitting? Up and fluffy, down and dirty. What's he got? Side hill, uphill. How's it going to affect the shot? What does he want to do? What does he dare to do, given the conditions? And Those guys are on it. And what's great is, quickly again, the, you, the guys upstairs doing the color and the play-by-play, if you will, compared to him, they give him his time. Yeah. Right. It's not Miller isn't there to kind right. of overshadow. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. You know who does a great just, job with that is Dottie Pepper. Dottie Pepper, great Justin Leonard's that. fabulous. Yeah. Zinger, they're and, and, all they're and, all good. They've, they've got it going on. Okay, hole now. number four. Um, <clears throat> do you respect courses who make guys tuck in their shirts? Yes. 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 Why is this Next coming up? Next question. I'm not a shirt untucker, although I'm a quarter zip wearer to the day I die. And so that that does that allows me to maybe be a little bit unkempt underneath the tails of the quarter zip. I find it an odd hill to die on for some clubs. To die on it is, but it is something that you can you can kind of progressively, well, you can start with the junior campers and say that we're going to have our shirts tucked in at all times here. You can start with your staff, the, 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 you know, every single operational piece that shirt is tucked in and then you can make the the kind of stern suggestion you know hey how about tucking it in and i really don't care who i say it to 
okay. at the club. But I'll, uh, there's different people where I'll put it in a in a way that you know you have to be extremely respectful. And there's other people you're a little bit more casually friendly with. But um, yeah, I like what's to make worse, it a point. that or a backward hat guy. I hate backward hats backward are unacceptable. Hats the worst, yeah, completely okay. unacceptable. So that's even behavior. that's also unacceptable. All right. Yeah. Well, standards are important for some people. I think there can be respectful golfers who just don't happen to tuck their shirts in that you're arbitrarily picking on by going tuck the shirt in. And I don't mind any of right. those rules if they're they're set and, and we're all, you know, if it's no cell phones and you know that yeah. beforehand, you, you just know that that's where it is. Like, it may not be my choice, but, but it, you know. And I, it might, it's not, it's not it for every club. All right. Right. Hole number five. What one thing would you put in your golf buddy's Christmas basket? In other words, you know they would like or appreciate or need this thing, club, ball, accessory, whatever, from Golfdom, of course, what would you make sure to put into somebody else's Christmas stocking? Perfect putting, Matt. Next. That's, that's right. awesome. Yeah, that's I just great. got when, one for the house. And who wouldn't want to putt? It's, 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 time. Just it's putt. awesome. Buddy? No, that's a great one. Um, I'm, I'm for, you know, stuffing 15, 20 items in there for, for everybody. So. Right, right. You really should. Yeah, right. Yeah. Everything bought, bought from here. If I, if I had kind of an unlimited cash situation, I would put a flight scope Mevo. And because you can work well, on your only game. It's $400. No, right? it's 2000 But you can, you can work on that. It's also a simulator. Cheaper. <clears throat> they have a smaller one, but the, the, the Mevo Plus, I guess, is what it was. Okay. Plus. And that is a simulator as well, and you can get everything that we have here, and, and it's, it's, I think it's game-changing, yeah. personally. All good ideas, but the answer is double-sided chipper, just oh like the rejoins. Gosh. Double-sided. Two clubs in one, Ron. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Great for your hashtag punch-out game, which is elite, as you know. Hole number seven. Do you gamble on golf? Would you gamble on PGA Tour golf? And how do you feel about the upcoming push for gambling on television broadcasts because it's coming. Gambling is like hunting to me. I don't hunt. I have no desire to hunt. I can't kill an ant. Uh, but you don't you begrudge know, I take them out of my pool alive and let them go, yes, even though they bite John. me sometimes. Yes. But I have no problem with it, hunting. Yeah. Okay. Gambling's the same way. Ronnie? I just don't yeah. do it. Nope. It's going to be it's going to be It doesn't pushed. matter. Well, if it's going to be something that's going to be widespread, then that's more reason for me to not do it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's going to bother you watching it on TV. Cuz uh, it's coming on TV. They had yeah. stories about this. This is every major sport and league is jumping 2 feet in on gambling. Yeah, and what's remarkable about that is that 90% of the people who are going to place wagers do not have the money. Sure. Of course to not. place their bets. Nor any so idea that's who where to I stand. Bet. Well, and then that's when the credit cards are happy because right. yeah, yeah, advances. Right. It's a it's a cycle. Buddy, but it's it's, it's here to stay. And in, in golf, there's a lot of different angles you can take with that gambling. So we're going to see a lot of it. Okay. You skip number six. I skipped the six Name hole. Name one. Yeah, non golf. Sorry about that. That's all right. Uh, hole number six, which is now seven. Name one non golfer who you would think would make an excellent Ryder Cup captain. Jordan. Yeah. Jordan. That's the obvious yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. Anyone but, but besides who, Jordan? who is not is Carson Daly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why? Well, no. Did you He's see that? He's a fanatic he, golfer. Yeah, yeah. He, he did this little pep talk for these guys. Maybe, maybe that had something good He's to do with dork. it. I don't know. But yeah, how about, I, how I about, how about Tony happen. Robbins or some other oh, no. motivational? No, no, no. It's you need competitor, right? You need a competitor. Okay. Yeah, yeah you need a competitor. So a guy who's played for a few bucks in his life. Pat Riley. 
I think. Okay. Yeah, well, he's the go. most underrated yeah. coach ever. All right, so. hole number eight. Do you see where Paige Spiranak had a hole-in-one in front of Gary Player at a charity event? What would be the coolest thing you could ever do? Or maybe the coolest thing you have done in the world of golf? Because I think that's pretty awesome. I mean, I'm such a Gary Player stan. It's a joke. But to have a hole-in-one where he's like, oh, that's a good shot. And it goes in. How great crazy. is that? For me, my coolest golf moment occurred at the Cradle, playing with my friend Daryl, who was a caddy at Pinehurst. I met him when I played there a few weeks beforehand. Mm -hmm. We hit it off, and number nine at the Cradle, he makes it and you know dunks it hole yeah. in one. We were celebrating, hugging, high five. I get up and I dunked it right yeah. on. Oh That's wow! Amazing. Back to back hole in ones, two balls in at once. The place was going nuts. It was great. My golf moment's yet to come, and I'm going to stick with that. Okay, fair enough. I would want to win a $20 Nassau with the Mary Mex, the other legend who I'm completely in the tank for. I've never gotten to meet him. But knowing that he was a hustler growing up as a kid, saying pressure is playing for 10 bucks when you only got $2 in your pocket, yeah. man, that'd be great if I could do that. Be. That'd be a bucket list thing. Really Buddy, any uh, thing I, that you have on your list? Co coolest thing I got to do was I played with uh, Tom Watson, at the Greenbrier, and they introduced him, and then he turned around to me and said, why don't you lead us off? And I'm like, anytime I can tee off in front nice. of an eight-time major Please tell me champion. where the ball oh, went. God. What happened to the ball? I, I hit it down the middle. I would I did. I did. urinated right. down my I, leg. Right was, down the middle. Yes. It was just awesome, though. Yeah, and he, that, that was, was awesome. I think, two years before he almost won the British Open. <laughs> okay. Against sink. Pull the trigger. All right, finally, what hole number nine, last nine <laughs> of the year, what is your promise? For the game of golf in 2022. My promise for the game is to promote it as best to my ability and serve those people that I now work for. And my goal is to keep trying. There I you gotta go. can't stop. I gotta keep trying to play. Keep the fire lit. I like yeah. it. Buddy. I'm gonna play more, which I say that a lot, but I'm also gonna get my my boys more involved in golf, hopefully at their, but a little more coaxing and getting right. them and getting some family time that way. Okay. Uh, Cause we've, we've not been doing that enough and, and that would be great. All right. And Ronnie, what about uh, you? My promise for the game is to continue traveling to play golf. For me, nice. it's just the best in the world. Our best feeling in the world is heading out and playing in tournaments yeah. on the road. You're That's good cool. at it. Road just with, yeah. It's yeah. I like that. Uh, mine is to get one, selfie or group photo with everybody I ever play with during yeah, the year and great. keep their names, emails, phone numbers, and just check in with them periodically. Cause there's never a round in which I come off the 18th and go, that was terrible. I don't like these people. Golf is a universal thing. If you play golf, you're my friend. Basically, The, the basketball great. coaches you played with the other day. I mean, you, to get that phone call from you was wonderful. Oh yeah. Right. I played with the Pewaukee high basketball coaches. I called Ronnie uh, because they were big Ron fans knowing that he held at Tom Green at the Big Ten Championship. Then Ron oh, sends right. the article showing, you know, Green heckled by a fan. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were good dudes. Good, good times. Golf brings everyone together. It's a wonderful thing. All right, coming up, guy you know well, you've caddied for, Michael Brennan of Leesburg, Virginia. He's at Wake Forest. He won again. Another college tournament. His star continues to rise. Plus, we'll talk to the tournament director of the upcoming Wells Fargo next spring at Avenel. Stay with us. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who once dreamed of becoming caddies on the PGA Tour until they found out you have to take the blame for everything.
You are listening to The Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who all carry a perfect club, an alien wedge, a double-sided chipper, and a 20-foot ball retriever. All right, we're back. Our pleasure now to welcome on a very special guest, currently at Wake Forest University on an Arnold Palmer scholarship, and one week after sharing medalist honors at the Old Town Club Collegiate with teammate Alex Fitzpatrick, Michael Brennan blitzed the field at Colonial Country Club with three rounds in the 60s for a walkaway six-shot victory. It is the second victory this year for the sophomore from Leesburg, and he is off to a great start to his college career, and he joins us now. Mr. Ronis, say hello to your one-time former pupil. No, not, Mike is, let's get this clear. You've Mikey's, taught Michael. i, I, I I'm, I'm a friend of, of Mikey's, but what I was privileged <laughs> to do was caddy for him. There you go. And I've been and fired. And you nearly died yes, doing Yes, I nearly right. died, and he fired me quickly after that, but it was Michael, a, yeah, it thanks was for huge. joining Couple us. Couple putting lessons as well. Yeah, thanks yeah, for having okay. me. Guys. How's it going? So, uh, things are going well. I saw this, that now with your four tournament wins, individual wins, you are tied with notable Wake Forest alums, Will Zalatoris and Billy Andrade, mm-hmm. among others. Do you have these type of goals on your radar, or are these sort of byproducts of your process? Um, I, I wouldn't say a win number was one of my goals coming into college. Um, it's really cool to see that my name has been associated with the likes of Arnold Palmer, Webb Simpson, and now Billy Andrade and Will Zalatoris. I mean, all just incredible players. Um, and it's super cool to see that. But um, going into school, it was never really my goal to uh, try to win. Obviously, you're trying to win, but um, I wasn't trying to catch a specific person. Michael, Ron Thomas here. Uh, I, I knew about you when you were 14 years old, competing against you, more so when you were 15. Michael Cumberpatch of the Middle Atlantic and the Washington Met told me mm-hmm. about you a long time ago and said, Ronnie, He said, there's a kid who's playing, and I want you to watch him hit balls, and I think he's going to be the most special player to come out of this area ever. And I said, okay, Michael, well, that's something pretty heavy to say. You went on. I competed against you at Laurel Hill, and you won your first Middle Atlantic Amateur, I believe, at 15 years old. Is that correct? Um, Yes, that's correct. Then you won the next year at 16 years old. Is that correct? That is correct. Then you won again three years and three in a row at 17 years old against the finest amateurs. Uh, the Middle Atlantic doesn't draw as many as we used to, but the finest amateurs really in the Middle Atlantic and from on the East Coast. Michael, that's when we knew and I knew how special you were. You were as a player. What does it do for you to win a tournament at 15 years old, 16 year old, 17 year olds, or is it just? I expected to win, and let's move on to the next tournament, but it has to give you a lot of confidence to win a tournament like that three years in a row. Oh, it's, it's a huge confidence booster. And, and as you move up the ranks, I mean, you, I first started playing tournaments when I was 10 or 11 years old, and, you know, winning your, ni- your first nine-hole tournament is a confidence booster, and then winning a 36-hole tournament, confidence booster. And then you get up into some amateur tournaments like the Mid-Atlantic Amateur, and then first college win, and then most recently last week um, in a great field. It's just, they're just all confidence boosters. Um, And they kind of make you realize that you can compete with these guys um, no matter what the level is. And I just try to draw on that and draw on some past experiences like in the Mid-Atlantic Amateur to um, 
try to make it happen again. And when you know what you guys don't understand either is Mikey is is he loves challenges. He loves to be actually in the spotlight, even though it doesn't sound like it. And you know what he talks about, he likes to be in the moment and create that moment for himself. And Mikey, you you chose Wake Forest, Michael. I call him Mikey. You chose Wake Forest mm-hmm. for a reason because you thought that Wake Forest had a chance to win a national championship. And with your help, hopefully they will. Tell us a little bit about switching from, you know, the individual atmosphere of U.S. amateurs and U.S. juniors and things like that to then the back and forth of individual winning a golf tournament but also being part of a team. And tell us a little bit about that transition that you've made in college golf. Yeah, I think it's been great to play for a team. Um, It's been really special, and I I love all my teammates at Wake, uh, which makes it even better. But it, it is very different, and it does take a little bit of a – there's a learning curve to it because um, you've always been so focused on yourself, and then you get out in the golf course. And at first, as a freshman, um, I was always super curious to try to see what my teammates were at, to see if we're doing well, to see if I – oh, maybe I need to you know push and try to make a few more birdies to, to help our team if we have a couple guys struggling or something like that. And um, I think that that's – the wrong way to look at it now um, because it just puts added pressure on you. So now I try to I look at it as it, like we're five individual players, and at the end of the day, golf is an individual game, and we hope that we play well enough to be able to compete as a team. But um, I think the most important part is not necessarily on the golf course playing as a team, but when you get off the golf course, you have to be supportive of your teammates um, they're supposed to be supportive of, of you, but it's really just the best when you leave a golf tournament and you go out to dinner and you're with five or six of your best friends and your coaches. Yeah. Um, and it, it's me, really special. When you're 53 years old, that's what you're going to remember. Yep. I mean, yep. I still do. I got a feeling, Michael, you might be able to make some money <laughs> playing this game. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's ever crossed your mind. But let's that's, just say it that's has. The hope. Let's that's just the hope. say it has crossed your mind. You're a sophomore. Talk to me. What do you think about college versus turning pro? Oh, that's that's a tough question. Um, yeah, that, <laughs> it's the gotta, it's the question. There's yeah, no doubt, Ron. Um, you played college golf. How do you feel oh, about no, no, no? Staying? I don't even put me. Don't even have a conversation. So did I. How <laughs> can I not ask the question? Because we never had to think about. I'm not this. pushing him out of Wake Forest. <laughs> yeah. Don't have the coach call me. No, in, it, really. Um, and I don't want to say I haven't thought about it, but um, I really haven't done much research okay. on that. Um, you know, I hadn't really talked to many people about it yet. Um, so I would say I can't really give you a, a good answer. Do you feel like you'll know, do you feel like you'll know when the time is right? Do you have that peace of mind that you'll know? Um, I, I would say no right now. Okay. I I, I just don't know. Maybe, you know, it it hits me and I'll know at some point, but, um, right now I I wouldn't, I don't feel that way. If I know Michael and his mom and dad, the way I think I do, I think his parents probably want him to get an education and a degree. Is that accurate, Michael? Um, that is, I would say inaccurate. Really? Um, I don't just like when we were in high school and stuff. Go Michael. My parents of course value education and, um, 
but it's never they're not making me go four years. If I don't want to go four years, Understood. then they're, they're totally fine with me leaving school. Michael has great parents, especially yes, great does. golf parents. Yeah. What they want Michael to do is constantly in, be in pursuit, and I tell this to him also, but be in pursuit of being great. Yeah. And if that's academically, that's academically. If that's golf, that's golf. If that's something else, that's something else. But they, they demand that both of their kids, and shout out to Sean, your brother, he's unbelievable mm-hmm. with his surgeries. They demand mm-hmm. that they search and try their best for greatness. Michael, earlier this year, I mean, you know, Golf Channel's done such a great job, a great job carrying all these tournaments, these college tournaments. And seeing you play, I forget the name of the course. What is it? It starts with an M down in Texas. Merida. 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 Yeah, Merida. Merida. Uh, you guys, it's a tough golf course, obviously. You had a camera right behind you on number 18, and you hit a five iron out of the rough, and you cut it around a tree with a hazard left. Your, the, the swing, the, the club head is so on plane, it's frightening. The, I mean, the, the arms and everything, for him to be able to hit that cut out of the rough, but you made birdie. Michael, that camera was eight feet behind you. Does it feel different having that, that um, camera with the red light on? I think it's really cool. Um, I've always enjoyed when people have come out and watched me. Um, I encourage people to come out and watch me. So having it be on TV just means that that's, you know, magnituded. Um, I don't think that's a word. No, we like it. We like um, it. It is now. um, But I I just think it's really cool that college golf is being exposed to more people. And they just, I mean, finished filming the, the blessings college event this last weekend. And, um, we have one more regular season event. Our first event of the fall of the spring is going to be televised. Pepperdine is hosting. Um, so I, I think it's great that um, college golf and college golfers are getting a little bit more recognition now. Um, but there is, it definitely, again, is a learning curve. Um, when I first was televised, it's just, you know, kind of nerve wracking. You're not really sure how to interact with the, the camera crew or the, the guys getting the sound and audio. Um, but uh, I think it's just the more you do it, the better you get, and um, just better preparation for playing professional golf. Are you long enough off the tee for your liking? Oh, Is that for a dumb your, question? For your, no, no, no. I if said you, for his you, liking. Yeah, no, for no. his liking. I'm sure he's long. Oh. Everyone's long today. It's not a dumb question, no. Steve. Right, he was you. saying um, that he's long. That's what John I know. Was Go ahead, yeah. Mikey. What Go do you? Ahead, what's your carry distance, Michael? Um, so I actually I. I I'm kind of in the in the middle of a, a switch with my drivers. I've played the Titleist TSI two um, for the last many many months. Okay. Um, I averaged about 300 to 305 carry with that driver. That'll do. Um, <laughs> but a problem that I always had it, it always um, spun a little bit too much for me. So I was always in the high 2000s to 3000 spin rate with it, um, which was very accurate. I was very accurate with the driver um, and hit it plenty far but on friday this last friday before we left saturday morning very early i was hitting balls on a gc quad at our facility and i was i was getting kind of pissed with just how much the ball was spinning because i knew i wasn't maximizing my distance i was my ball speed was about 180 181 and it was flying like 305 which isn't optimal so then i grabbed alex's driver and he has a tsi3 which is supposed to be their smaller head, lower spinning, um, and gave it a few hits, and immediately spin rate dropped to low 2000s, and the carry distance went up to like 
315, my longest being like 324. Um, I love it. So I, I probably hit five drives with Alex's, and it was like, all right, this is ridiculous. I need one of these. <laughs> but we left. We were leaving in 11 hours, 12 hours. So I drove over to Old Town, our, our home course at Wake, and um, walked up, and the assistant pro was outside, and I asked him, I said, can I borrow a TSI 3 for this <laughs> tournament? And so we walked back into the back shed. He unscrewed it from one of the demo shafts. Um, it had huge, it had demo written in it in big, you know, capital letters. That's great. And uh, that's the driver I played this last week. And I, six, keep it I didn't 65, have any practice with demo, it. Uh, 65, 69, 65 fantastic. to win by six with a demo driver. The only way that story yeah. would have been better, Michael, is, is if your pro had unscrewed it from some guy who was a member <laughs> right. who couldn't hit it. Yeah. He yeah. just said, you're not going to yeah. miss this. Let me give it to Michael. Well, look, continued yeah. success and health, and it's great to talk to you, Michael, and uh, I know you'll be doing big things, so keep it up. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Thank you, Michael. Take care. Appreciate it. Okay, we switch gears. Coming up next May, in fact, May 2nd through the 8th, TPC Potomac at Avenel Farms hosts the Wells Fargo Championship. It'll be the first tour event since 2018 in the D.C. area, since Francesco Molinari ripped through Avenel, winning that tournament, the final year of the Tiger Woods AT&T. Uh, and then it's the first May date for a PGA Tour event in D.C. since when, do you think? There's your trivia question to start us off. 1954. May date. Uh, May. No, because we used, off, have, we used to have... We used to have... I'm going to say 19... Uh, 2004. All right, buddy. May date. So you're thinking, okay, I'm going to go I'm going to go 1988 and assume that okay. Kemper Open was then. Uh you're all wrong. Uh Gary Soba, who is the tournament director, do you know this answer, my friend? I I don't know the answer, but maybe never. Okay, the answer is 2001. Huh? When Frank Licklider <laughs> won on a rain-soaked Monday over J.J. Henry. I actually, Gary, went back to dig into this because as a longtime native, I'm like, this thing used to sit in that sweet spot end of May, early June, and then it got tossed around in the PGA Tour schedule. It's a very coveted month, May, right? Yeah. Sure. And now you're going to be in early May, the 2nd through the 8th, because Quail Hollow, which is still the tournament host of this event is undergoing stuff for uh the uh whatchamacallit the uh, president's cup and they're going to loan us their tournament for a year and you're going to run it we're excited well we're excited to be coming up there it's a, it's going to be a tremendous uh, event uh, i think you all know the wells fargo championship is recognized as one of the premier events on the tour in fact last time the players voted for their their favorite it's called the, the player's choice award we won so so we're excited to be there. We think the time of year is fantastic, and uh, we think the golf community up there is starving for the tour. And we're hoping this is not just a one-year event. We want to make this thing successful because in 25 we have a conflict as well with uh, with the PGA. So hopefully this goes well, and, and we're right back there in a few years afterwards. Gary, Ron Thomas here. Gary, so you've got a tournament every year at Quail Hollow. You've got the, the Wells Fargo. Of course, the President's Cup is coming in. How do you – pick a city and a golf club to go to knowing that so many cities no many go so many golf clubs would love to get this event how do you go about choosing of location it's a, 
Really, really good question. And you start with the title partner. You know, where does the title partner want to go? Where do they have clients, business, so forth? And in fact, in 2017, they went to Wilmington, North Carolina, Eagle Point, which is a fantastic golf course in its own right. Many of you have probably played it, but they struggled getting their wealth sector there. And as they looked around, uh, D.C. was important to them. And then within the marketplace, our operations individual had handled the, the tournaments there at uh, TPC Potomac, and uh, it just was a good marriage. Obviously, the TPC course has a history of hoping. It's a very uh, of hosting. It's a very challenging course. So, we, we looked at various cities. Uh, you know, there's probably a half dozen we looked at seriously, but we think DC is is a perfect place to host this event in early May. Uh, you know, Gary, for we would love, and I'll just say this right now. I'm just going to put it out here, but you know, we we know the area, we know golf in the area, we have a good uh, reach uh, with the show and the podcast and different things. But you know, I'm just going to say, if you need us, we're here for us. We're not ending the interview right now, but just know that between Golfdom and between Zabin and, and Steve Zabin and his radio, we're here for you if you need us because you're not going to find four guys that are more into golf in the area, more connected to the game in the area, and want, we've been talking about this, Gary, on this show, how badly we want yeah, we a regular it. tour event at this city, in this area. We'll take a loaner for now with the possibility <laughs> of more in the future, as you hinted at. Yep. Well, that's very kind of you, and, and we're excited about coming up there and trust you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you up on that. I did uh, meet Buddy just the other day, so... Look forward to working with you all, and uh, we think it's going to be a dynamic event, dynamite event. And Certainly, Gary, Gary you're ahead. up in you're up in uh, in uh, Tyson's. You you have a place here. Are you here full time when you're doing this, and then go home to North to Charlotte on the weekends? I mean, what does a well, tournament director do in the off season, if you will? Well, we have six people there full time, and uh, and uh, unfortunately, I was in an accident this year. I would be there full time, but but right now I'm up there about four days a week, and, and back here on on weekends to to provide a little uh, care for an individual. But we've got five people there full time. When I say six, I'm one of the six that are out there and trying to you know build a brand. You've got a lot of things that that need to be sold in advance. You know, whether it's your chalets, all your build, your clubs, sell your pro ams. That's one of the unique things is is the pro-ams on Monday and Wednesday. And our Wednesday pro-am, which is we're about half sold so far, which this early, that's that's extremely good. We've we've changed the format where now you play not only with one pro, you play with twos. They call it a nine and nine format. Nice. So you're force you're forcing plays with pick a pick a guy, Roy McRoy in the front, and they might play with Tom Hoagie or somebody on the back. And and the pros like it. They play nine versus eighteen. And the amateurs like it because they get two uh, two professionals. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. We can't wait. It'll harken back to the glory days of the uh, early 2000s and the 1990s when uh, radio stations like mine would be out there at Avenel on the back patio and it was the tour was in town. It was a huge event in D.C., so we desperately look forward to seeing it back. Thank you for your time, uh, Gary, and good luck preparing, and we'll be ready in May. Thank you very much, guys. Have a great day. Thank you, Gary. Take care, Gary. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, that is a wrap for our regular run of shows here in 2021. Buddy, I can't thank you enough. Yeah, thanks, hey, buddy. We used up your hitting bay. It's a perfect studio set. I love the backdrop, so thank hey, you. I really appreciate your guys' support, not just on the show, but in everyday uh, life. And, and uh, had fun playing golf with you this year today. Maybe the, all of us can get out there next year. we and, and, got uh, to do this. Yeah, let's do it. And, Zabe, thank you. Um, from me and Ronnie, who do this every year with you, it's just 
so fun and I we appreciate it so much i love you man you guys give your time you drive through traffic you fight from the other side of the market you give up lessons to be there for 0.0 dollars yeah. and i can't thank you enough. so worth it and same thing for john Gould, who couldn't be here today i appreciate his commitment and involvement in the show and just makes it fun and for everyone who listens and downloads and then emails me saying when are you going to post the podcast to the show hurry up i'm like thank you you guys actually care have a great rest of the fall. Don't stop playing golf. Don't stop coming in here to golf them to get stuff for your game. And we will see you probably sometime around the holidays for a special Christmas edition. And then we'll start it up again in 2022. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your golf fall. And we will see you down the road.